Hey, Sean here. I wanted to take a moment and say thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with Christoph. Uh, we recorded this podcast a couple of weeks, a weeks ago, and since that time, several amazing things have been happening to Christoph and to the center of which he works. Uh, first of all, Christoph has started a nonprofit in conjunction with Nas the National Christian Foundation uh, called Americans for Ukraine. I'd encourage you to check it out, americansforukraine.org. Uh, there's that's a place where you can give and uh, learn and join in in the exciting things that Christoph is doing through their event center, uh, refugee center there in Poland. Second of all, uh, Christoph has put together an incredible PowerPoint showing exactly how resources are being allocated. It starts by telling the story of, of where they were, what they've been doing and where they're heading into the future. I'm going to include that link. Uh, with all the different podcast channels. So I'd encourage you to click on that link and uh, let him tell you directly how your money is going to make a difference. Finally, Christoph is actually in the United States for a couple of weeks here, and uh, he is traveling around, sharing his story, sharing about the needs in Ukraine. If you are someone who would like to have Christoph come to your church or your meeting, or you'd like to do an interview with Christoph, uh, please reach out. Uh, to John Savage. John is handling all of Christoph's bookings while he is here in the United States. And he can be reached at John, J-O-H-N, at Americans for the number four, Ukraine.org. Uh, send him an email and let him know that you'd like to have Christoph come and speak, or you'd like to do a radio interview or television interview or Zoom interview, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, I know he'll be happy to hear from you and get that set up. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It's a story really of someone who went from show business to humanitarian aid worker, and uh, it's a powerful one. So please enjoy. And uh, as always, we appreciate you. Well, good evening, Christoph. It is so nice to have you on the podcast this evening. Uh, thank you so much for taking some of your time. I know you are busy uh, with your hands in a lot of different areas, but it's it's so nice to uh, be able to hear from you and kind of what you've experienced over these last few months. Uh, but before we dive into any of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you're involved with? Okay, so thanks, Sean, for having me. So, yeah, my name is Christopher. Uh, I'm running one of the biggest, obviously size doesn't matter in this case, but um, we have, we're running one of the biggest shelter here in Europe. And it's it's really incredible story because our background is basically show business. We shoot, you know, commercials. We do fair trades. We do um, like... MMA gala, like, you know, Polish version of UFC and so on. And uh, it was yeah. funny that today I had the conversation with one of the volunteers who said that he remembered that I think six months ago we, we was hosting, you know, one of the biggest MMA match in like the, you know, Polish history. And now we are having a refugee shelter over here. So it's, it's amazing journey. It's amazing stories. And okay, well, you, you, yeah, I got to yeah. pause right there. I got to stop you. You had me at MMA. So you're saying that six months ago, you were hosting MMA parties. Uh, you're involved in the entertainment industry there in Poland. 
And now six months later, you're housing refugees. Yeah. So basically the VIP zone when we, you know, had uh, for this MMA gala uh, now is a cafeteria area for our refugees. So the, you know, the good news is that we've been sort of, you know, some kind of ready to do mass events because this is what we, you know, used to do for a living. Uh, and we, you know, we always have fire brigade. We have uh, people who uh, helping we helping us with the security issues and so on. Because you know, having a capacity of eight thousand people at once, uh, you know, right. giving us opportunity to help large number of people. So basically, the venue is. It's one of the biggest in Warsaw and the capacity do use square feet. Probably we use metric system, but it's like 60,000 square feet. So it's, yeah, wow. it's, it's quite a lot. And uh, every single square feet is already used and convert for humanitarian aid. Wow. So, you know, obviously you were watching, um, uh, you know, before the 24th of February, you're watching the Russian soldiers kind of start to position themselves around Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you're, you're, you're obviously in Poland, you're NATO UN, um, you know, what was going through your mind and maybe some of the minds of some of your, your friends, uh, mm -hmm. did you think, did you think that they would actually attack or were you kind of thinking, ah, oh, they're just. Yeah, you know, uh, we had this several conversations with our friends, what will happen, what the odds are. But, you know, we, we, uh, Russia is our neighbor for like hundreds and hundreds of years. So we know this enemy. We, we had war with Russia, you know, many, many times. And it's funny because uh, from the historical point of view, the Polish nation was one of the, it, it, it's happened once in the Russian history that, we uh, we've been occupying Moscow. It's very funny that we you know mm. when you go back to the history, and now we do humanitarian aid for our you know Ukrainian brothers. So basically, during the Olympic Games, it was a lot of tension, and uh, you know, being one uh, leg in the in this uh, let's say uh, show business, we we also get some information that, for example. Um, some of um, ambassadors were going out from the country or, you know, diplomatics uh, went out as well. And so basically we knew that something uh, bad is happening and we sent a letter to our state governors that, listen, um, we are here, uh, we are open to help, we have facility ready to, you know, to, to use it for any, any, any possible purpose. So, yeah, we're here and it's a very interesting coincidence because in the same time, sorry to close the window. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. So in the same time, I think we maybe one day or two later, we get a letter from different department of the state governor that we've been selected anyway. So it's it's interest, interesting story. So and then we start the preparation, basically. And after after that, I think maybe maybe a week later we we get information that it's actually happening right the the, the could have became a it's happening 
And uh, so those those first couple of weeks after the war began, how many refugees did you see come into your facility? Because I know that those first couple of weeks were, were pretty rough. You had a lot oh, of yeah. people trying to to escape. They didn't know what was going to happen. Um, how many did you see actually physically at your facility? Well, me and our team, we have seen over 52,000 people during this time. 52,000 Yeah, refugees. 52, wow. So that's and, like, uh, we provide beds and you know food for this number of people. We relocate over 37,000 people, you know, trying to find some other life opportunities like in European Union and also outside of the Union States, you know, Japan, Canada, right. you know, UK, because they are not part of EU any, you know, anymore. So yeah, right, right. it was, it was tough. It really, it, it was really tough time. And I, I cannot even, you know, remind the first few weeks because we've been like overworked. We didn't sleep much and everyone was like on speed. You know, we had so much energy and right. I don't know how it's happened. You know, we, we convert this uh, facility. I, I cannot even remind when it just happened. Just happened. Uh, yeah. Week. You know, we, we get, um, you know, military guys coming with the, you know, the folding beds and all the equipment we need. So on the first day, we knew that we will, uh, we will have around 100 guests and slowly, slowly we were, you know, gradually progress, make this now number bigger because we also needed to learn and you cannot right. learn differently done by experience over here because it's new field we never face this kind of military conflict in modern europe so everything was new even if we get some you know, data it was from i know uh, gaza or uh, jordan or you know different different places completely different reality so on the first right. day instead of having 100 uh, people we get 800 and then you know it starts you couldn't be prepared for it. You know, we had uh, not enough everything, starting from beds, you know, food. But in 24 hours, our uh, our uh, warehouse was, you know, fully stocked. We we find uh, catering provider with really good standard of food, and slowly, slowly, you know, people, Polish people, start to queue. And, you know, with the humanitarian aid, starting from, you know, dry food, uh, some pampers, uh, dry, I don't know how you, how you call it, you know, diapers, I think, whatever. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, you know, some cleaning stuff, clothes, everything, because you need to, you know, understand that those people many, many times, you know, came with nothing, like Ikea right. back, and that's it. Yeah, you know, and it's amazing. I, I've seen so many photos from the border from those first couple of weeks. And uh, that is amazing to me how many people just literally had one backpack, one yeah. suitcase or an IKEA bag. And that was it. And, you yeah. know, I I know that, you know, some of these folks were uh, I, I, I want to ask you about this, but 
in the beginning, I know that they were not allowing a lot of men to come across. So did you see that a lot of women, elderly and children? Was that primarily what yeah, you saw? At yeah, the start? basically, yeah, basically we have still, we have like single mother with, ch with children, elderly people, disabled people. And yeah, so that's like high uh, majority of our guests. Of what you're saying. Yeah. Well, tell me about where you are today. So uh, I've, I've talked to a number of, of different folks and, and uh, well, actually, before I even ask that question, let me ask this. Were you surprised about how quickly people pulled together to help? Uh, mm. I know that I've talked to people in Moldova. I've talked to people in Romania. I've talked to people in Poland. And all of them have said that they were relatively surprised how quickly the community came together to lend aid to these refugees, you know, uh, did yeah. that surprise you at all or? No, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised. I was just, you know, happy of receiving those, you know, those things. So I couldn't memorize that, you know, I was surprised. I was just appreciate of all the help we, we, you know, we've been surrounded it was just a you know, beautiful movement of people. And it's, it was like, it was giving us this extra kick of energy to keep going. You know, even if you were tired, you see those guys, you know, we, we you know, high five them and just, you know, carry on the mission. So that's, right. that's all the feelings I remember right now. That's, that's amazing. Um, and, and so what is your center like today? Is, are there still refugees in your center or is it yeah, empty right well, now? It's, it's it's rough situation because you know we had some kind of um, government protection for first 120 days. Um, uh -huh. we, we we do not have it anymore, and so it's our first. Uh, it's our fifth week when we are like abandoned. Uh, we have no you know external help. We we've tried to speak with the state governor. We've tried to speak with. Uh, city hall but you know it's it's difficult and the wave of help finished and we are left alone actually so it's difficult it's difficult and, and so how many we, yeah so we have yeah we, say... we have around 1100 so you you call it 1100 people still. wow so you still have 1100 people in your refugee center yeah. And, and the government. The problem, is, the, the problem is that we have around another seventeen hundred of waiting list, and we cannot do, you know, much about it. We have we have people from Vinitsa who'd like to, you know, from in Ukrainian side. We have people in Truskaviets just waiting to be moved because there is many many cities back in Ukraine where every possible place is converted for the you know for the shelter. Like every kindergarten, right. every school, uh, university, and it will block whole education system for them. So we are trying to think very, very, you know, wild how to help them. We have our education system uh, running right now. Uh, we have, you know, temporary kindergarten or single mother uh, dormitory, medical point, many, many other things which we, you know, we are surprised. We we cannot even track when when we when we did it. Right. Well, I, I yeah, I just I'm blown away by that number that you still have 1,100 people there, and I'm 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 just 
kind of reemphasizing this for our listeners, 1,100 people are still at your facility. Your government yeah. aid or what they were helping you with is kind of run out. Yeah. And so now you're you guys are kind of on your own trying to feed three meals a day, yeah. house and take care of these 1,100 because you know you have more. And, and I've I've heard that from other folks I've talked to. They said that a lot of the Ukrainians have moved to border cities because they're just not sure, you know, because Russia shoots random missiles into a random city. Yeah. And so they never know if their city is going to be next. Right. So they're, they're kind of hanging out around the border. And if for some reason things do move West, there's going to be another surge that comes across the border. Yeah. You know, so, there is few levels. There are people who are traveling back because they cannot find accommodation in Poland. Because imagine uh, Warsaw has around over 2 million citizens. So imagine that in first two, three weeks, the number of people increase in uh, 30%. So we, wow. we get 1 million guests. So all, 1 million guests. Yes. So every hotel, every hostel, every Airbnb property uh, you know, was already booked. The prices went up for 30, 40% for, you know, uh, accommodation. And it was just crazy. You know, no one wants, no one, no one know what to do. So our shelter right. took people who couldn't do anything, you know, and we, that's why right. we provide uh, this help. And we try to use this every single, you know, square foot because now we have 1100 people, but I think maybe two months ago it was the peak where we had over 3800 and that was like wow hell really it was so tough oh i'm sure you no know, the, the 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 level of the standard of privacy you know wasn't great enough and we we tried to you know just divide these open spaces for smaller sectors just to just to make it you know better, more comfortable. And then we start doing the re refurbishment of our unfinished uh, office building. And yeah, so we used for we use, for example, elements of stenography for our friend who is doing commercial in, you know, in, in our place. And then we use mm -hmm. uh, stenography from the theater work, which we, you know, uh, work together with. That's why we, you know, build the uh, uh, flats or, you know, small rooms and right. yeah and now we are trying to we have thousands of different plans but you know well, first we need to secure the the project and then we'll we can think Start about the, the future well yeah i mean i can't imagine you have 3800 people there at your peak i mean you're right the privacy is kind of thrown out the window uh the ability to you know it, it, to think that you know a lot of these folks came from a situation where they they you know had their own home and they or apartment or flat or whatever and uh you know they had their family every, everything was intact right everything was yeah. was status quo right it was everyday life and then suddenly to have that all just stripped and then thrown in with 3800 of your fellow countrymen i can imagine is is a, you know a, a a tall challenge to ask anyone to help try to facilitate that yeah. um what um let me ask you this are there any stories and i i know you probably have a million of them uh just because of everything you've seen over the course of these last few months but 
Are there any stories that you heard or that you talked to a refugee that really stick out in your mind? Hmm. You know, we have we had few guests like like the story of uh, ten days child. You know, it was newborn, and hmm. I'm I'm not remember stories. To be honest, we I remember solutions. So you know, we we knew that this is not the place for you know. 10 year, uh, 10 days uh, infant. So we we called the GM of uh, Marriott Group and we asked him, you know, to to get some free uh, accommodation, free room in a hotel and we just, you know, get the help instantly. So wherever we called, you know, we get this extra support. Um, we, you know, it's, it's difficult for me to, it's like, you know, I'm blacked out. Yeah. Right, right now. You're, 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 your adrenaline is still pumping and you, you haven't had yeah, the time yeah, to just kind of... We just... <laughs> it was, we've been so much into the operation. You know, we, we had right. hundreds of volunteers helping these single people and we've tried to just keep the hygiene standard as high as possible. We tried to right. deliver food and, and, and so on. And sometimes it was even too difficult emotionally for us you know, to, right. to be a witness of all of the situations. So probably I was, but, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, we had, we, we had people, for example, we, we had people with, um, with disability and again, you know, people with uh, hearing loss being in completely different place uh, right. without any language anyway, because, you know, you cannot understand them and they cannot understand you because they don't hear you actually. It right, was like, right. you know, so many challenges. So what we what we've been focusing on, it, it was just to, you know, finding instant help for them. So we try to get in touch with the NGOs who is uh, our foundation, who was focusing on this matter, you know, just to get this extra right. help, extra know-how, how to deal with this or other situations. So we've been more like, you know, like the, I know the 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 squad of people trying to solve the problem all the time, and we was just running from place to place, finding solution. You you know, I, the, for the listeners out there, I want to point out something that Christoph just said, um, and and I think there's a, a leadership lesson there. And I know Christoph from your background in events and dealing with you know large events, large scale events, and um, yeah. you know we don't focus on the problem. We focus on the solution. Yeah. And, and I think that's critical. You know, I think if people can, that, that's, that's really a leadership life principle right there. You know, you can focus on the problem, but what, what good it's, it's, it's happening, right? So there's not a lot you can do about the problem, but what you can focus on is the solution to try to make sure everyone has as smooth of a journey uh, or accommodating a, as a journey as humanly possible. So, uh, I, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one and write that one down because that's a that's a good principle right there. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it probably reminds me probably reminds you a little bit of MMA fighting. You know, if someone's it, getting whipped up in the ring, uh, you know, or the octagon, you know, they're they're they may have a problem, but they can't think about the problem. They have to think about how do I solve the problem? What's my solution here? Because if I don't yeah. solve the problem, I'm gonna lose. So yeah, yeah, I gotta sure. think solution. So, yeah. So I remember well, this, the stories when I just ask people, you know, are you okay? Do you need medical assistance? 
how many children do you have you know and are they okay and then i was just just moving forward asking about the needs of these people yeah because you need to you need to remember that we it's even difficult to you know to imagine so think that you are on the night shift maybe having three hours of sleep in last three days and uh, you have this pressure that if you will be fast enough you will reduce the queue and people will not go for example to main railway station with the kids on the on the hand you know and spending nights i don't know in how bad conditions so it was a lot of pressure and we are happy that you know we 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 just deal with it and we didn't send anyone to you know to to other other places we just you know keep finding solutions you know how you know where, where we can put beds how we can you know still have this uh you know uh how it's called uh fire exit you know how to prepare the <laughs> the place you know how to make evacuation just 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 in case and then we have a lot of problems which you didn't even be aware about you know human trafficking about the mental health how to support those people you know every every person was different uh, different story and and different you know different needs the, so first yeah, you need to name ask- the needs and then you need to you know find find opportunity to help them so it's, it was very, very intensive. Did you see uh, a big problem with human trafficking when the war first broke out? Was that a big concern? It was. It was. Definitely, okay. we, we had, we've been surrounded by different, you know, uh, shady guys telling stories. Who are, who are they? What kind of NGO they represent? Because it was, it was chaos on the both sides. You know, the people... Uh, Ukraine was under the attack. That's one thing. Crazy situation in modern society. And then you have this very emotional wave of people asking you how they can help you. You So I was receiving like 400 calls a day. Uh, For example, guys from Belgium or France telling, okay, you know, we are on the way, we have like another 30 minutes, we are coming by bus, we have humanitarian aid for you, and uh, we can take another 45 people back to home. And we said, great, but guys, I cannot send those people, I need to verify you, I need to know who you are, I need to, you know, make some check-ins with, you know, border, border patrol, it's, it doesn't work like this. So it was many buses going empty, you know, to the to the place, and they was you know surprised that they, they want to help, but they absolutely didn't know, you know, how to do it. So then we tried so that- to organize some kind of procedure, you know, just to right. just to uh, take this opportunity of relocate people, and but even. Having that, we would like to know where they're going, what's the life condition over there, what do you offer? Is it job? Is it just a commendation for another 10 days or you know, two months? We need the data. So if we need the data, then we need the system. You know, we need to put it on the offer. So that, then we start to do like our own uh, platform of communication together with Microsoft mm-hmm. and so on. So you know, I can you know we can talk about it like hours. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, again, it's just one of those things you don't think about. I mean, you're dealing with, with trying to take care of the humanitarian aid. You're trying to take care of medical situations. You're trying to take care of, of, of just trying to, to help people grieve. And, and, um, and then you now have to try to figure out a system to make sure that people aren't getting put into human trafficking or aren't being uh, put in situations that, that they shouldn't be in. So it's just amazing all of the things that have to be going through your mind. It's not just as easy as flipping on the light and opening a door and saying all are welcome. Uh, there's yeah. a lot to be thought about in that. So, well, let me ask you this as we kind of try to land the plane here on the interview. Uh, how how could people help you today? If, if, if I've got a listener on here who says, man, I, I want to get involved uh, with yeah. Christophe and I want to get involved in this in this mission. What is the best way for them to to get involved with you? Okay, so it's it's obviously many, many ways, starting from regular donation, and I will send you the link to our you know foundation, Poland for you Foundation. Okay. But you know the biggest problem right now is that we have no funds at all, and we need to prepare for the winter time because we have some projections. you know we are also having like lit small think tank over here in our office and mm -hmm. we know that we will receive few more big waves first one we call it uh winter season wave or heating season wave because imagine people mm -hmm. without having a window gas right. or electricity they will definitely you know come to poland for the winter time for like it's you know in in russia and ukraine you have very very strong winter it, right. And yeah, you need to be aware that we will receive another another 750,000 people in the next wow. uh, four months. So, uh, yeah, so it will be like the winter season uh, wave. Then when there is a winter, the ground is frozen and the tanks will go faster. You know, they can the, the logistics of, of heavy equipment is easier. So mm. we predict that it will be rough time also in, 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 in Ukraine. So there will be another, another wave coming because of this reason. Then it's fifth day or fourth day when Donetsk area is evacuated and people are forced. It's, it's just, it's, it's mandatory. You just, you, you cannot be here. So that means that right. another people are going, you know, closer to, uh polish ukrainian border and then you know they are making this decision what to do now uh, yeah today so basically we would like to be prepared we we don't want to be surprised again you know so oh there is another thing uh we are we are there is one month left uh for summer holidays so soon people will, or children will go back to school. So we are preparing our education center. And when we spoke with UNICEF, and this is the pattern which happening around the world, you know, in every culture. So now these guys, you know, play on the phone, go and sleep later. There, there is no role models over here because that is fighting right now. So right. those kids are left abandoned. You know, they starting to make stupid choices. So what we need to do, and we are taking this responsibility of making those kids busy. They need to 
start regular life. You know, they need to get up at eight, go to school at nine, get some after school activities to take this, you know, tough or difficult emotion out of the from the body. So they need to have access to sport, they need to have access to music, art, fine art. And this is what we want to provide. We are doing it in very small scale, but I think in the next two weeks, and I cannot tell you how it's happened, but we, we built the school over here. So we are ready. Wow. Yeah. We also find, you know, I, I forgot to mention, we found over 4,000 job vacancies around the Europe. So there's so many things you know, going on different projects. So the help is needed just to, you know, buy enough heating oil for the winter because now the price is great and soon it will be, you know, much, much more expensive. We need to buy dry food. We need to just be prepared from every possible level. So talking about numbers, we, we, we need at least $500,000 per month to help, you know, 2000 2,300 people a month. So it's it's huge cost and we sure. we run out of the money and we just need to find a solution. So my next task is to go to States and I'm going there uh, on 15th and I will have some kind of tour going, you know, from my friends uh, to other friends, set up the meetings and talk how we can, you know, help each other. So basically, if you are a well, doctor, you can you can, you can join uh, International Medical Relief, for example. There are doctors who are helping us, us and okay. it's funny because we are very, very American-dominated facility right now. Because food is covered by World Central Kitchen. We have IMR, like American doctors, voluntary coming to our shelter. We have Be Human Kindness. Uh, this is a Texas-based organization helping us with mm -hmm. foundation. And then we have few church organizations like East West helping us, you know, in many, many, many levels. So it's it's interesting. That's why I'm going to States because uh, we have huge support from you, and we, you know, we help over fifty-two thousand people, and now we need the help to carry on the mission. That's that's amazing. So if you're listening right now and you're wondering how you can get involved, there's I would say there's probably a few ways. Uh, number one, obviously donations. Uh, and as Christoph said, we will have that link up when this interview airs um, on our, our different channels. Uh, so please consider making a donation there to help them with their immediate needs. Secondly, um, as Christoph's planning um, his trek here to the U.S., if maybe you know somebody uh, that is, uh, you know, uh, a person of influence, a person that, you know, could, could really make a, a big impact for Christoph and his team. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll let, let us know, we'll get you in contact with Christoph so he can potentially add that, you know, to his tour while he's here. And then third, be thinking about what you can do during the winter time, you know, uh, to help. Uh, one thing, Christoph, that I really appreciate that you're doing is, is you're thinking ahead. You know, you, you, we've talked about schooling, We've talked about yeah. the fact that you've got these these refugee children uh, whose fathers aren't with them anymore because uh, they're fighting. And so, you know, as you said, they're may starting to make bad decisions. So now is a critical time. You know, we talked about, you know, the winter time, the fact that gas shortage and, and power shortage. So really thinking ahead is is critical, you know, 
and asking, okay, what, what we're dealing with is what we're, we're dealing with. Um, but what's it going to look like, you know, in three months from now, six months from now, are, are you coming to Dallas when you come to the States? Probably I will be in Dallas actually. Yeah. I'm starting from LA. Wonderful. Then I'm going to Silicon Valley okay. because I have some friends there who open door to, you know, for the board member uh, board uh, meetings. Then I'm okay. going to Seattle, which is high tech, you know, city. Then I'm going to Texas and I will be in Dallas, Houston and Austin, probably. Perfect. Okay. Then I'm moving to uh, DC to meet uh, our ambassador and talk, you know, how we can work together and how to communicate and spread the message that, you know, we are in need. And then New York City and some other New York City and Hampton. Yeah. Okay. Well, let us think, uh, you know, we'll be thinking about uh you know for, for listeners you just kind of heard generally where he's heading um so be thinking about i know i'm going to be thinking about when he's here in dallas if there's someone i can introduce him to uh interesting enough christoph you said east west ministries uh east west ministries is in offices directly above gin right now they're in the same okay. building okay, so so they're uh they're they're upstairs in her building so yeah. uh great guys really. those meetings are yeah, they really are. And those meetings are easy to set up. They're easy to have. And you just never know, right? You just never yeah. know who uh, it knows someone who could write that, you know, million dollar or whatever uh, is needed check. So, um, so, well, Christoph, I, I really, really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you, you wanted to add? Um. I will have just one manifest that, you know, if you want anyone who care of things which we care, please just spread the news because we would like, I don't imagine, you know, uh, telling these people that, sorry, it's end of our service. You need to, you know, move out. So we, we don't even think to go back to show business knowing that, you know, the war is still running and those people are in need. So. Basically, we are we want to carry on. We get beautiful feedbacks starting from, you know, UN Nation and, uh, you know, UNICEF. All of these guys say that this is one of the best facilities which they see in the career, which is absolutely great compliment. But we still, you know, need to think how to survive. And this is my main focus right now, how to secure this place. That's why I'm going to States. That's why I, I'm highly motivated, you know, to close the deals and explain how it's important to keep this place open. Well, Christoph, I hear that Dana White guy and that Joe Rogan guy have some deep pockets, so maybe you can uh, dive in with them and meet with them. Okay, yeah. So, if you if you have any connections, why not? Another podcast to go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Christoph, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your experience, what you've seen. And most importantly, thank you and your entire team for having such hearts to go and serve people that really you you don't know, right? I mean, these are strangers in a strange land and you opened, I literally put your career on hold uh, and and opened up your facility to, to house them. So thank you guys so much. You're going to be in our thoughts. You're going to be in our prayers and... Uh, Perhaps when you're here in Dallas, we'll uh, we'll connect. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward, you know, to meet you in person. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much, and uh, 
again, uh, we'll be looking on our website and on the post uh, that accompanies this video for the link that so that you can make a donation to uh, Christoph and his organization. So yeah, thank you again. Bye. Sean here. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider giving it a like, a follow, and a share. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, consider giving it five stars. I look forward to sharing the next story with you real soon.